Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us for episode two. Here we are, official. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this other piece that we've got going on here, this new piece. So I, this is a fairly newer piece for me. In fact, I finished it on 19 March of 23, so just, just a few weeks ago, really. And... I'm really fond of it. I think it's a pretty cool piece. It's something that I really had a good time creating and took some influence from some recent, some film and some things from the past. So it's an untitled piece. It's a sculpture and it's primarily mannequin based. So I've been doing a lot of work with mannequins lately. I know that sounds kind of strange, but that's okay. I'm strange. This is a mannequin. It's a it's a child size mannequin. The entire piece itself um, is about 62 inches tall and about 20 inches across from its widest points. And it's a child size mannequin. When I acquired it, I, I got it from a person that I've I've actually acquired several mannequin pieces from. It has uh, no head or had no head rather, it was just the, from essentially the neck down and it stood on a glass circular base. Pretty simple, just uh, torso, legs, arms. I acquired a foam head and specifically got one that had an elongated neck for an effect. I wanted to have it look human, but beyond human. I wanted it to look a little bit off. So it's not super, super exaggerated, but it has an elongated neck feature. And the head itself, as I mentioned, is made of foam used to display whatever, uh, wigs, jewelry. And I was able to shape it in such a way that I made it fit the, the neck base on the mannequin itself. And what I did was used a couple of screws to help provide a, a, a place to, to kind of set the 
foam onto, and then I attached it with hot glue. And then once in a solid and secure fashion, I then used a modeling clay compound that is a synthetic clay that I like to use a lot called Modelite. And I've used it in several sculptures, but I use that to kind of fill in around the gaps where the, the head meets the, the neck base. Once that hardened, I was able to reinforce it with a paper mache technique that basically combines the, the two elements and provides a nice, firm, solid, cohesive piece. So that's where it started. That's, that's how the, the piece essentially was my blank canvas. I also then went on to sculpt some features around the eyes and I used some acrylic gemstones to, to create somewhat of a robotic uh, lighted eye effect or some type of a red, a red eye. And out of the bag, they just look like fake gems. And then when you put it on the eyes themselves, I thought it looked pretty cool and, and gave kind of a lifeless life to it. But I was able to sculpt around that. I kind of dug out uh, around and behind the eyes so that it had a sunken depth effect to add some layers to it. And then created some eyelid slash uh, just some features around the eyes themselves. And that was the foundation. So I took a lot of inspiration from the film Megan. It's a fairly new film, uh, came out in 2022, about a, a robot, like a child companion that just goes berserk. And it's a lot of fun. Check it out. It was uh, pretty cool. In the film, you see the the robot, the droid, the, the toy, which is life-size as a child, kind of take over and the artificial intelligence does its thing. We've seen the story over and over again. It's Terminator for 2022 from a kid's point of view, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And I wanted to do something that resembled uh, something Terminator-ish, something robotic. There's some techniques that I used on this piece that I really enjoy doing. And it's like a, it's a faux metal technique, and I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But once I had the, the base structured, I then started to add elements to create what would eventually become the texture of the piece. And so my intent was to have this be a mixed media collage. I love working with collage and just layering up several things and have a lot going on. And there is a lot going on here. So a technique that I've used in other pieces recently as well, I, I wanted to use on a larger scale. And so what I, I did was create this faux, uh, faux metal technique using foam. And I have these peel and stick foam sheets where you, it's essentially just like a no thicker than uh, a piece of felt but they're, they're peel and stick foam sheets that can be cut easily. So I would cut them in what looked like panels and then also have these peel and stick faux half pearls. And what I would do is lay them out in such a way that the foam sheets were paneled 
and then I would use the peel and stick pearls to look like rivets. And without paint, it's just multiple colors of all these peel and stick foam sheets and, and these pearls. So it looks kind of silly in the beginning. But then I painted a flat black layer to, to just draw everything together. And then with that, I used some metallic paints. I used some silvers, some bronze and copper type coloring and just layer after layer after layer and make it in such a way so that it looks weathered to look a little bit exposed to the elements. And then my favorite part of the technique is using a teal type color to have some elements of verdigris and patina on there and show how that weather has just oxidized the metal to look old, to look um, distressed. And, and that's it's really fun to see it kind of come together. And so I, I basically created about a third to, to almost half of the entire piece in that style. And the entire head represents that. The whole right side of almost everything from, from the head down to mid-thigh on the right-hand side has that technique. And then the rest of it is collage. And I used elements of stuff that I've collected over the years, and that's what I do. If I see something that I like, if I, if I take interest in, um, whether it's a scrap of paper or a, a package from something or a cereal box or anything, a newspaper clipping, anything, if it appeals to me, I save it. And I, I've got stuff from 20 plus years ago, 30 years ago. In fact, um, I like to dumpster dive and I found this table once. It has, uh, it's a metal table and it has wheels and it has two folding sides so that it can expand. But I brought it home, I cleaned it up, I painted it black, and I wanted to put something on top of it. I had had these Godzilla book covers, peel and stick book covers, from when the 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie came out. I had gotten these book covers. I had no idea what I was going to do with them, but they were awesome. And they had Godzilla on them, so I just I saved them forever and ever. And then I find this, this table, and I'm like, oh, there we go. Perfect. That's what, I, that's what I do. I save stuff and then someday I use it. Anyway, so back to the sculpture. I was able to go through a lot of the stuff that I had and find things that I wanted to incorporate on there. And it's all over the place. In case you haven't picked up on a, on a theme here lately, um, everything is all over the place all the time. And that's me. So where do I begin? The the bulk of it is, I guess, comical or just jovial, innocent, fairly tame and mundane, not really anything eye-opening. Um, the mid-torso area has a torn picture of Marilyn Monroe, and it's a pretty obvious piece of symbology. Everybody knows who she is. She's she's beautiful, and so 
it's very much a, a juxtaposition of the entire piece itself, which at first glance is not beautiful. It's maybe a little unsettling. I, I wouldn't say disturbing because it's not super crazy looking, but it's, it depends on, I guess, who you are, right? And how you interpret it. So the, the juxtaposition of Marilyn's beauty uh, among this other element of just huge craziness has her kind of front and center. And then in and all around her, there's a variety of other things that just make it what it is. On the left thigh, kind of front and center, on the leg piece, I took a picture of the Bride of Frankenstein, essentially her face. And prior to this, and I've used this in other pieces too, I just, in fact, I even have it on a t-shirt. So I, I kind of stole the idea from a different perspective, but there's a Rolling Stone magazine cover that's pretty classic, pretty well-known of Janet Jackson on the front cover, topless, and there's a person behind her essentially holding things together, if you will. And so what I did was I took that image from the magazine cover and I, instead of Janet's face, I put the Bride of Frankenstein over top of it. Again, kind of that juxtaposition of how we define beauty. And so I love using Frankenstein's Bride in a ton of work. I've used it for, for years and years and years. And I just, it's something that I often set the wallpaper to on my, on my phone because I just think that she's incredible. There's just something about her, um, whatever. Anyway, so I use that in a lot of work and, and that's on there. And then I've got uh, some more serious aspects where I've taken Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven on the other leg and I've superimposed a, like a stenciled version of his face over top of that and you can you can see elements of the, of that writing and then on the left hand side of the mid torso rib cage is the song lyrics from the song laughing by the guess who with the walking phoenix joker kind of silhouette stencil over that and so it's, it's got a lot of just different uh, pieces of symbology there. And then there's the fun stuff. So we've got everything from uh, Thundercats, Kiss, Thriller, Dukes of Hazard, Stranger Things, Vintage Halloween Masks, Misfits. I've got the Mattel logo on there. I've got uh, an Iron Maiden image of Eddie on there. There's elements of Superman and Mars attacks and just all these different fun things. There's um, Grogu from the Mandalorian series. I've got Spider-Man in there. There's just, just all different things and it just kind of all blends together, just kind of all connects and it's just, it's fun. So the image of the sculpture itself appears to have um, almost like a, a weathering where you can ask yourself when you look at it, and I'm not going to necessarily, I'll give you a peek behind the curtain, but I'm not going to tell you everything about every piece because I want you to use some imagination and just kind of come to your own conclusions. How does it make you feel? So you can either look at it from the point of view where 
the metal is taking over, the, the robotic elements are taking over, or perhaps the, the fun, the collage, all the other stuff was there and now it's being reduced. I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, I know, but you think about it. Tell me what you think. And so that's just what it looks like. It's, it looks like a, a giant robot. And ways that I was able to make it appear even more robotic was that I took some LED rope lights and other LED fairy lights, and I was able to work them around. I mounted the battery pack on the back of it, and then I was able to use more of those peel and stick pearls to make it just look like a just some type of a junction box. And I attached those to the back, wove the wire, the rope lights, one is woven around the arm, the right arm. And then there's another pack that rolls down and circles around the right leg. And then I have another strand of LED fairy lights that work around the neck and upwards to the head. And then around all of that, I have other elements of just old wires and cabling that I was able to splice and attach, but leave open-ended so that it looked like there were some frayed wires and, and things. There's stuff coming out of the wrists and coming out of the, the top of the head and the side of the neck. And it's it, it clearly looks like something that has engaged in battle in some type of a, of a just a, a rough day, I guess, if you will. And on the base of this sculpture, I mentioned before, it stands on a round, a circular piece of tempered glass. And rather than just have a, a transparent glass base, I decided to use some contact paper that is just essentially peel and stick, and it resembles a hardwood floor. But it's in, in a, a whitewashed, um, white kind of stained piece of wood. And on that, the figure is standing on a couple of magazines. One is a Thundercats sticker book, an actual copy of the sticker book that I had as a child and still have probably, that has all but two stickers in it. I tell you what, when I was collecting stickers for that sticker book as a child, number three was impossible to find. Let me just tell you that. But I found it. I got it. Uh, there's still a couple left, though. One day I'll, I'll finish the book. So there's a copy of that, and he's standing on it. The other copy is a, is a the vintage issue of Mad Magazine, uh, one of the Star Wars issues that has uh, some characters on the cover, and it's kind of fun. But I had it so that I mounted the Mad Magazine on a thicker piece of foam, of a foam sheet, and it's partially on the base and it's partially just kind of overlapping off of the base and so it kind of looks like just a messy kids room like the floor of a kids room uh, magazines on the floor what have you and so shifting back up to the top of the sculpture if you kind of just look at it in its eyes and follow it all the way down like your eye is drawn from from one element to another to another to another and there's a motif that I've been using in a lot of my work lately, and it's it's the imagery of, of a broken heart. And you'll find that on this piece, I was able to use the foam 
peel and stick sheets along with the, the faux rivets. And I created a double layered heart that has a black background so that it, it pops. And then the heart itself is layered with a large heart and then a smaller kind of extra layer of heart on top of that, all riveted together, but, but broken, cracked down the middle. And that's come through in, in quite a bit of my recent work, several pieces, sculpture and, and canvas painting. So do with that what you will. But that's, uh, that's the piece. No, hold on. I've, I've, as I look over at it, I, I realize that I, I failed to, to mention some details. This is going to be an interesting podcast for me to be able to stay focused and try to talk about stuff and not get off topic and then not fail to, to mention something. So the stance of the, of the robot, of the robot, of the sculpture, of the mannequin, whatever you want to call it, is probably <laughs> uh, kind of a key detail. Uh, it's actually, it looks like it's frozen in defense where it, the power essentially stopped. And it's it's holding its arms up in almost a way where it's it's blocking something coming at it, where it's it's kind of in a defensive position. The arms are raised and bent. The elbows are are at about a ninety degree angle, and the right hand is up but just below its chin, and the left is is just kind of center mass. And that right hand is mostly black. And it has some collage around it. And then the fingernails are painted red. And it's just simply to pop. It's not symbolic. It doesn't mean anything. It was just I wanted to have some type of a, just a, something to catch your eye. Just one more thing to look at in this very, very busy piece. I think that pretty much covers quite a bit of what I wanted to talk about. So I think that um, it's a fun piece. I think it's a it's a busy piece. There's a lot going on. Definitely a, a ton of stuff to keep you looking. And you can look at it once and then come back and look at it again and, and find something else. And I try to I try to make it so that there's so much to look at that you can't get bored with it. And it's it's a prominent feature front and center in my living room right now. Just hanging out. Uh, with its family. I've got other mannequin pieces that I am excited to talk about in future episodes. I did an entire series, uh, but that's another episode. So for now, I think that's what I'm going to leave you with. And yeah, here's, uh, here's to episode two. The untitled mannequin Megan-inspired piece. So back to the film. Megan. It could have been summed up and simply addressed in one way, shape, or form. When Megan starts going crazy, all that somebody had to do was look over and just say, shut up, Meg. So for that, I'm going to leave you with those thoughts. Thanks for tuning in to episode two. I have to issue an apology because I actually prematurely launched the first episode. I'm still new to this, still trying to figure it out, obviously, episode two. But in the first episode, my intention was to not only produce one, but to 
provide you with a variety to actually launch and have multiple episodes so that you could have the, the introductory origin story with a couple of more episodes to kind of piece it together. And then moving forward, I'll just release them on a weekly basis. So I'm going to post this one. I'll probably do one more this weekend. And then from here on out, we'll do every Friday. How's that sound? So can you join me back here soon? And then again, week after week? Can I ask that of you? That'd be great. And uh, until the next episode, thanks for listening. Oh, I almost forgot. Sorry. Hey, listen, uh, if you want to see what this looks like, because that's kind of what this podcast is all about, the visual art, uh, even though I'll talk about some music from time to time. If you want to see what this looks like, go to my Facebook page and check it out. Go to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast Facebook page, and I will post the pictures up there. I'll also post these episodes there, but you can also tune in and find these on most major streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. So thanks again, and go check out what this looks like. Okay, listen, one more, oh, one more thing. So on the Facebook page, I'd like to thank Mike T in the comments section for encouraging me to reconsider my professional wrestling career. And although it's probably not in the cards, if I'm going to at least consider it, maybe I should work on my promos first. So why don't we wrap things up as I channel my inner Ric Flair, because you're listening to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I appreciate you tuning in to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. Art can be a powerful thing, and it reaches each of us in a different way. So I encourage you to do what makes you happy and never accept anybody who treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. And if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's this. Remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1, or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.